You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. Welcome back to the show, Trevor, Brian. This week, we're going to get into some more Bandon Dunes golf because, Trevor, I want to know all the details. I want to know the weather. I want to know what you paid, what you scored, every detail so we can live vicariously through you on this episode. And more importantly, <laughs> how many layers of thermal did you have on while you played? Ooh, we'll get into that, actually. that's That was a light uh, item this year, and we lucked out. So. Ah, good work. Yeah, no. Um yeah, I'm excited to talk about it for sure. It's always my uh, kind of my the trip I look forward to every year. If I get great weather like we did this year, it's just icing on the cake for sure. Absolutely. Bandon Dunes Golf, we're going to get into it. First, I've got to ask you guys, haven't asked you in a while, what is your biggest dad challenge right now? Ooh. Brian, you want to take that one first? <laughs> Man, you always put me on the spot first. <laughs> yeah, Brian's always first. <laughs> I no, no. think this, this is new. Uh Trev, no, you, you go, go first. I'll, I'll go, for, I'll for go first. There yeah, mine, mine focuses around school. I mean, I don't know where you guys are at with, you know, school or daycare situations with COVID, but uh, we've gone to the hybrid system with my oldest daughter. And um, in our school, we have a four or five combination group. So she'll have one teacher for two years and she's in fourth grade right now. And uh, going back to the hybrid Mondays and, uh, or excuse me, Tuesdays and Fridays, she's kind of in a new spot. She was used to kind of working at home slash pod. And, uh, she got to the point where it's like all new. It feels like she's in a new school. So she's kind of struggling with the confidence again. It's almost like in kindergarten, you know, or when we first went to high school or something, but she's should be confident as a fourth grader and been in that school for a while. So that's the biggest thing right now is she's kind of, kind of falling off a little bit with her studies and kind of keeping track of things. And so trying to get her, her, her goals of kind of doing her best aligned, you know, with, with our goals of her just kind of being present is, is tough right now. That's our challenge right now. That's the biggest thing. Brian, I'm not going to put you on the spot because I think you'll, you'll (laughs) fail this question, but Trevor. Thanks again for the confidence. Your your daughter's in the fourth, fifth grade. You know, a lot of dads think you get letter grades at that time, but she doesn't get letter grades, right? Oh yeah. No, I, that's, you're right. So it's now it's a, it's a numbering system. So for, uh, Oregon, they get ones, twos, threes, and four zeros too. But threes are kind of like, you know, maybe our equivalent to a B I would say, uh, are, are used to our B and then fours are like way above grade level, mm-hmm. you know, girl, p- kids that are getting fours are, you know, should be in a grade or two ahead theoretically. It's harder to go with the the system. I, I'm thinking threes. Well, that's not fours, right? So you're not you you don't want to get up too upset with your kid. But no, threes are good, and that's kind of where most of my kids are. Yeah, no letters, no A's, no B's, no yeah. F's. Yeah, no F's, just zeros and fours. I'm just happy that my my son knows what an F is, like just a letter itself. Like that that's yes. where I'm at, guys. So uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, you know, like grade ahead reading level like I, i'm just yeah. like yeah you, you can write an f good good job buddy <laughs> you got that a ways is, to go you that's your challenge <laughs> right now writing the f <laughs> no I'm, the challenge is not writing the f and the challenge with my kids is not necessarily teaching them that kind of stuff so i'm i'm a ways behind trevor and all that kind of stuff but our challenge right now is emotions it's completely controlling the reaction to situations they don't like 
So I think I don't think that's changed since the last time we talked about this, uh, but that's still happening. I don't know what the fix that is. Never changes. You're still like that, Brian. I mean, come yeah, on. fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I still have to control my reaction. So, so this is a learning process that we're going through together, me and my sons, mm-hmm. <laughs> father and son, learning mm-hmm. moment, bonding moment. Yeah, no, it's a lot of deep breaths in our house. A lot of um, all right. What do you really want to say? Mm-hmm. Communication's hard when you're three and then five. Um, it gets a little bit better, but still, you don't know everything. You don't know all of the ways to say something. So I guess that's the, the hardest part right now is communication to express what they're trying to feel, what they're trying to do, get accomplished. So it causes a lot of attention in our household. Yeah, for me, it's the mystery of the toddler. I really definitely relate to that. But I got to say, Trevor, you're on to something. I was thinking about it. I read today, a lot of parents are considering holding their kids back a year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, you know, I don't know if that's the right path myself, but I can, I really understand these teens and preteens, these 12 to 18 year olds who are deeply affected by the lack of school and social connections. I mean, I hear a lot of frustrated parents who say, my kid just doesn't want to get out of bed even they don't want to do their work. They don't want to do anything. So I really feel for the parents dealing with anything. I mean, it goes below 12. Your kids, I feel like I'm, I, I feel grateful my kid is a toddler and not in school right now, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a challenge. But, you know, I don't blame the kids. If you guys were 16 years old staring at a computer screen all day long, I think I'd tune out too. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I I feel like we have enough years ahead of us to recover. Let's say that, you know, this COVID thing goes back to normal by the next fall school year and everything's back to normal. We have enough years to recover that. But like you said, 16, 17, 18, I mean, that's something I don't think you recover from. You're going to lose something, you know, along the way. And it's just hard to catch up. So I don't know if I agree with holding your kids back a year. I guess it depends on where they're at. But logistically, it just seems like a nightmare. I mean, that's like all these division uh, one scholarships for football and basketball that are getting carried over. Like, you know, they don't have scholarships for the next year uh, to come in because of that. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a trickle down effect to all that. So I'll throw it out there. My birthday is in May, end of May. So I was always young for my grade. I was always shorter than everybody else. I was always, you know, um, behind athletically. I feel like, would you guys rather be older for your grade? Like when it comes to sports, <laughs> when it comes to golf, all that kind of stuff, you have a little more experience one more year when it, like in high school, would you rather do that or be younger and progressing through like naturally? Like where would you guys land? Oof. I don't, I don't know. I, I would love to tell you that a year of difference would have made that was the difference for me as an athlete, but it really wasn't, you guys. I'm gonna say, it was not. I was not going to be a Division One athlete if you could have held me back three years. I could have been the guy in the newspaper playing at 30 years old against these teenagers. I would not be going D1. So, yeah, uh, not for That's- me. I, at, I mean, I guess I'm with you, Brian. I was even younger than you for our grade. I was a September mm-hmm. baby, and I was basically a year and a month behind most folks, and I was able to compete. Uh, luckily enough to kind of get by and play D3 football, as you guys know. But I would say that I hit my growth spurt basically after like the freshman fall year. Um, I put mm-hmm. on like 20 pounds. I don't know if that's just because I was more exposed to weight training and, you know, more 
held held more accountable to my weight and my diet and stuff, but I literally gained like 20 pounds and, I, and most of it probably muscle. So I don't know how I played like that the year before in high school. If I would have had a D2 scholarship, I doubt it because <laughs> I was still slow and, you know, couldn't jump. But, but yeah, I know there's something to that. I think it's, you know, get any, any extra month you can get gives you an advantage. And I read something, it's a, the 10,000 hours book. I can't remember. You guys have read that before, haven't you? The mm-hmm. 10,000 hours program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it was amazing because all the National Hockey League uh, or All-Stars and everybody that had been on the Olympic teams, they were all born within a month of each other because the ter- mm-hmm. the, the year was um, – the, the turnover was uh, January 1st. So all these guys on the squad were from January 1st to like February 2nd. They were all born within a month of mm-hmm. each other. And then that just goes to show you like the, at that level, the more hours you have and the more experience you have with the age, the closest you can get to that age range, it's the better are mm-hmm. better off you are to, to we succeed. Definitely, we definitely need to get somebody on, an expert on to talk to us more about this. I want to explore this topic, get, get somebody in and weigh the pros and cons of holding your kids back for sports or not holding them back. I think right. that's I'll, something every dad considers. I'll tell you guys a funny story, and this is humbling for me, but I have a twin sister and so born on the same day, I was actually born first by a minute. So I'm, I'm older. Congrats, I, I'm place. the older brother. Yeah. I'm the bigger brother. Like and well, I, yeah. I hold that over her head every, every day. Um, but growing up, boys versus girls even develop at different rates. So I was physically, um, you know, bigger than my sister growing up until probably puberty started hitting and started getting into the mix. And going into high school... My sister was 5'8", almost fully grown. So she's now 5'10", I believe. So she only grew two inches after eighth grade. I was 5'4". So I was four inches shorter than my same age sister going into high school. Like talk about like a mental challenge going in. But my parents would tell us stories um, about how like this was known, boys uh, develop a little bit slower than girls. And so you're at this May birthday, um, you're kind of right on the cusp. So hold the boy back, let the girl go naturally into the, her age group. And I thank God my parents didn't do that because I mean, like what, what mental games would that have played in me being yeah, like, we need to get oh, one of our psychologists God. back on. Here. I know. Right? Yeah. Let's yeah. get into that. Um, but the, <laughs> I know, but, but, but at the same time, like, like, like Jared, you're an educator. Like what's the right, what was the right decision? Did my parents make the right decision? I mean, they kept us both together progressing to where I was younger. So I entered high school at five, four. I didn't hit my growth spurt until probably God, I was still growing through college. My sister, meanwhile, was, you know, almost, you know, at her, her peak. So, so she, she had success playing basketball and all this kind of stuff. And, um, it was, it was, uh, a little different experience, but yeah, I mean, you got boys, girls, this different thing. Like, like what's the right call? Yeah. I mean, there really is no right call. I mean, there's all kinds of camps behind it and we've all heard stories of, oh, in Texas, they hold them all back and everybody's got this advantage. We've, I heard that since I was a kid, but I think the answer really, I've always been in the camp that what is the reason for holding back? I mean, we know if we, we break this down and I don't have the statistics in front of me, but what is the percentage that you're going to go on to be a division one scholarship kid, or you're going to go to a pro level. And so you really need to weigh that. And, and we can, and again, I really do want to get into this in a full episode of holding your kids back or not holding them back. I always just thought what's, I've always believed like, what's the reason? 
I mean, there's so much that goes into it. It could be social and that's fine. It could be academics and that's fine. If it, it could be physical on certain, certain levels, you know, if there were things that maybe were happening in your physical growth that you needed to hold back, that's fine too. So there's no right. It's more of, you know, every, taking everything into consideration. Well, and I think even when we were growing up, I mean, there was only one variable on why you got held back, right? You didn't make the grades, right? You right. academically mm -hmm. weren't there. Sure. And since we've grown up now in this day and age, I mean, it's all things, like you said, social, you know, sports reasons, academics. I mean, there's so many different variables as to why you might hold your kid back. So I think you got to weigh all those things. And that's a whole two or three episodes probably, Jared, actually. Yeah, we, we need, need to get somebody it. on it. We're going to go into that. Yeah, we need to get some specialists because cause I really want to know, because we're at that point now with, with uh, my eldest who's about to go into kindergarten. And, and I'll, I'll throw this out. Like, the decision for my parents to hold me back was in kindergarten. So this is very timely of like, do you hold back boys versus girls versus anything? What's the indication in kindergarten? Um, because we're, we're making that decision. It's like, if COVID keeps us for online school, we might make the decision to hold back our, um, our oldest son from kindergarten and just keep him at daycare where he's social. He's, you know, with teachers, they, they can kind of progress his education a little bit in person um, so yeah, let's get somebody on. Let's find somebody that can answer that question for us for sure. Oh, I think there's multiple people. There's different styles and camps and philosophies on this for sure. So we'll get them all. Let's get everybody. You're listening. We want the best person, you know, to come on the show and debate this with us, hold them back or don't hold them back. But let's get into the golf part of the show. Trevor, drum roll. You are up. Band and dunes. I'm dying to know about the trip. Yeah. So Great trip every year, uh, February. You know, we always go group eight guys. It's in our backyard, so it's close. It's easy. We don't have to travel a ton. Can make it there in a day easily. Yeah, just play a lot of golf. I mean, they, now they have the fifth course, the Sheep Ranch, as of June this last year. So that was a new option for me. I was super excited to play that. They're, they're, they boast that they don't have any actual bunkers on the course, and it's true. They don't have any. They have, like, kind of grass wastelands or waste areas. But it's it's very scenic. There's a lot. I think there are like 13 or 14 holes that you can, you know, basically on the ocean. So uh, how they do that, I don't know. But it's true. Everywhere you look, there's there's ocean. It's pretty spectacular. It's a great new addition. It does feel a little ways out, though, you know, because you have to drive a little bit further. Not so much further. I mean, I'm talking, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, everything else is right on one, basically one piece of land. It's, I don't know how many acres, but it feels like a ton but those courses are laid out so well. It's it's phenomenal. And I uh, we always do Band and Dunes first because that's where the clubhouse is. So you can roll in. You can get your warm-up going at the practice area. And then you go right to Band and Dunes. Play the original course out there. And by the time you're done, you're rolling right into the clubhouse, ready to check in. And then they roll out the customer service. It's, uh, it's a phenomenal experience. I got a question here on Reddit from the user Roy McAvoy. And that's that's his username. Okay, so Roy, I like that username. Yeah, Roy is. messaged me on Reddit, and he asked, "What's your power ranking of the courses?" So if you can just give us the quick mm -hmm. best to worst. And he yep. also asked, "Did you take a caddy?" Yeah, I'm. I take to answer the second question first. I am the cheap dad in the group, so I don't take a caddy. No, that's Jared. Other. That's Jared. That's not me. But of of the group I go with, I oh, am okay. representing right. the cheap dad. That's fine. So, okay. um, I, I've played enough of the courses there over the years. I've kind of know uh, here and there. I got my yardage book, so I don't take a caddy. Caddy costs are uh, about a hundred hundred bucks fee, but 
they recommend about 120, 140 per round you play. And sometimes they don't have enough caddies out there. So you end up getting one caddy for two bags and then the fee is actually still the same. So you're still paying 120, 140 bucks and you might be carrying your own club here and there if they don't have enough caddies on a busy weekend. So I tend to just kind of ask the caddies advice and give them, you know, a 20 or 40 buck tip at the end of the round. Um, but I'm pushing my own bag, um, my own, my own cart and uh, go from there. And then as far as the ranking goes, uh, that's a tough one. I think it gets reanalyzed every time you play. Honestly, I think Band of Dunes, the original, is still my my top. Just just because it's got a place in my heart there. You know, it's always the first one we play. It's always the one I'm most excited to get to first. Uh, everyone always talks about Pacific Dunes, but man, that's a, that's a tough one. A lot of like bunkers you can find out there. So I don't often play well there. So I would, I would put them at Band of Dunes 1. Um, I actually like Love Trails number two. That's the one that's inland that has more tree-lined. Number uh, two? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a well-laid-out course. It's fun to play, and it's just very scenic. And then three, I would go with Pacific Dunes. Uh, four, I would go Sheep Ranch, the new one. And then five, I would go Old Mac, Old McDonald. Hmm. So okay. um, Sheep Ranch didn't impress you as much to get it up to, like, number one. No, well, this time it wasn't, it was, um, a, it was first of the morning, so there wasn't that much wind, but it was like that marine layer where you get some like cold, just rain in February. So that made me cold. I didn't, I didn't appreciate it as much. I actually played my best, one of my best rounds there. But one thing I noticed was that you do see a lot of people. In fact, we got hit into on one of the mm. tee boxes. And so you're crisscrossing a lot. I mean, I think they pack most of the holes in the smallest amount of acreage and you feel it, you know, you see a lot of guys walking around the course. Mm. So where everywhere else you're kind of like, man, I'm all by myself out here. So that was yep. part of it. I think part of the experience too. No, I think that's fair. Like I've played down there before and that's one of the best things about any of the courses you play down there mostly is that you can't see a building. Like that's what they pride themselves on is you can't mm-hmm. see any kind of man-made structure. It's just a golf course or the ocean or the forest and, and trails. Right. So, um, okay. Gotcha, yeah. man. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's good I had some other comments, and I think you've answered some of it. Million Mile Chaser on Reddit, he asked uh, any suggestions and the weather. And I think he went into that a little bit. So I'm pretty sure we answered Roy McAvoy's question. But anything else about the weather or just general suggestions for Million Mile Ch- Chaser? He says he's going there in March. Yeah, I think March. Yeah, March is pretty good. Um, we've gone, we've gone a couple times where it spilled over into March. You can get some good pockets of weather. I think actually January, February, March. It's probably your best gamble because it's your cheapest option for the year. And uh, you can get some days out there that are probably 60 degrees and no, yeah, cheap dead. Uh (laughs) No wind um, sometimes too. It just depends. Mm. And then you get those days that are really windy and really rainy because it's the Oregon coast. That's kind of the average. But I think one thing that people should probably know about Bandon is, you know, the summer you get the most days. It's the highest price, but it is windy and it is tough to play. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of guys that are going out there, mostly in the summertime, they're the cor- you know corporate guys that can afford the, the greens fees and the lodgings fees for one. Not me. Not uh, me. But <laughs> y- y- you are pretty much guaranteed to get some Jared, wind. Jared, you know? not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Not, not me. Yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. But I mean, you're getting close to that Pebble Pebble Beach fee that Brett Anthony talked about, you know, in the summertime. That's true. Yeah. It's tough to stomach. I've never, I've been out there. September, but every caddy I've talked to, every every guy that's played in the summer, he's like, man, you get beat up from the wind out there. Wow. Let me ask, I want to go to your scores, but what what was your favorite hole of all the courses? Is there, I mean, it could be from any of them, just your the best hole 
of all the Bandon courses. Yeah, I mentioned I like Bandon Dunes. We always play Bandon Dunes so we can check in right afterwards. So we always start off there. And so the first first two or three holes, you don't see the ocean really. I mean, you can see it off in the distance, but you don't have a, a presence of the ocean or you know the wind coming off the ocean. Until you get to the fourth tee box, you still can't see it. And it's a dogleg right. The driver, it's not even a, it's probably a three wood out to the middle of the fairway. And once you get to your tee shot, if you are in the middle of the fairway, which not a lot of people are, you turn the corner and you see the green and it's downhill. And so you're looking at the ocean behind it. And that's the first time you see the ocean and you're like, okay, I've made it. And so I like number four. So number uh, four. Band of Dunes. And then Band the next Dunes. one is probably the best hole at Bandon um, Dunes is number five. It's a tough 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 hole along the along the ocean it's got different variations and then you've got this dune kind of around the back of the green and it's a very narrow green and a big bunker on the right but it's very scenic it's very very picturesque in terms of the abandoned dunes experience well because that's what i would want if i were to go i want to know what like the top five to ten holes are so that i know when they're coming because there's nothing worse like, oh, this is going to keep getting better. And you're like, oh, that was the ba- best hole last year. <laughs> <laughs> missed what? it. The last one was, you know, yeah, we just missed it. Three holes back was the best one. Yeah. So the one you'll never forget is uh, the Pacific Dunes is number 11, actually. Weird because there's par threes back to back. But number three is along the coast. And it's one you see on the website and everyone talks about. It's It's amazing. And actually... Um, one guy I saw on YouTube actually hit a driver out into the sea. It was so windy on that hole. It actually came back and he hit the green. Uh, and I think the hole itself is only about 130 yards total. But number 11 at Pacific Dunes, it's it's the one that you'll, you will never forget. You guys have told me, well, what's the alcohol hole? What's the dad hole? Oh, that, uh, that they can get alcohol on? Yeah, the one that's like stashed. You guys have said it before. Oh, yeah. The, the dad oh, hole. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a pro Bandon tip. Bandon Dunes that, 10. Yeah, it's it's been uh, okay. it's been discovered though. It's no longer. I don't think so. There's a sprinkler oh. box um, after your tee shot on number ten, abandoned dunes to the way right underneath the lone tree, and they have it stacked with like Woodford Reserve and some other things. So I can't uh, imagine COVID restrictions. That's not going to be in play. I would. Guess. Yeah, and I don't think it was the course that was doing it. I think it was other folks that would leave bottles there. I don't think that's a sponsored event, but it was it, was, it was pretty fun though. There was a time where I was there about a month earlier than Trevor. And I, there's a, some books, you can write some notes and some notebooks and stuff like that. And I found a notebook in one, in that sprinkler head and I was like, wrote down Trevor and then some message. I'm not going to repeat it on air, but, mm. um, at the same time he found it a month later. And so Sweet. that, that's pretty fun. Like that's, that's it, nice. it's a good tradition. Yeah. Just yeah. go check, it's... check that box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So give us some scores, Trevor, break it down. How'd you play? Oh man! Uh, so I rolled out to, uh, to to Bandon Dunes the first day. Shot an eighty-seven. A little disappointed. Back nine was got a little windy in the afternoon, and I just you know I was looking for any excuse uh, to, to find, and it was the wind that day. But no, I was I wasn't too too shabby with eighty-seven. I mean, I'm a nine and a half, ten. So you know you're you're expecting to shoot kind of low eighties. And uh, next round was the. I guess it was the morning was uh, Sheep Ranch, and I actually shot an 82 there. First time ever playing it without a caddy. I was pretty proud of myself. Uh, I'll take that any day. And then next round was Pacific and kind of shat the bed a little bit. Went up to a 97. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That, yeah, the wheels I don't fell know. off on that one. Yeah, so Jeez. Trevor found out that at the turnstile, they serve you these transfusions. 
I had maybe one too many of those and lost it. So that was the oh, excuse. Blame it on one. the alcohol. Yep. Pretty sure, sure there's a rap song out there about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the next next two were, uh, what was it? It was Old Mac. I shot an 82 as well. The last one was uh, Trails. And I shot a... Wow, that's pretty good because by the time you got to there, I mean... Admit it, your hands were just barking at you, like yep. calluses all over. You were tired, fatigued, and so to yep. shoot an A6, that's impressive. Good work. Yeah. No, sure. I, was, I wasn't too too disappointed about it. Obviously, you want to be in the as best you can be, but at the same time, like you said, you don't play for three three months, and then you try to go out there and play um, two holes, two 36-hole days. It just doesn't, your body doesn't do it anymore, you know? Not at this age. No. <laughs> for our tips, bring some rain gear, get ready for the wind, get ready for a little rain, and you'll be fine. Yeah. We lucked out on the uh, the wind aspect. It was not so bad other than that first day, and then the tip, the temperatures uh, were phenomenal. It was uh, 55 degrees and sunny. Most days, we got a little bit of rain on the last day, but um, still in the 50s. So for February, that's we'll take it. That's a win. So I'm going to see Trevor on the budget side. Going into Bandon, you got your your fees, all that kind of stuff. How much do you budget above the trip cost for just jackets and paraphernalia coming back from Bandon? Because they have oh. some good stuff out there. Yeah, it's it's spendy. I I don't honestly buy a whole lot there. I used to the first couple times with memorabilia. Um, now I just kind of save a little bit of funds for um, my girls to get them a, like a ball marker. Or like, you know, pull, I actually got him a pullover this year. I splurged, um, but those are still, <laughs> you know, those are still 60, 70 bucks for a junior. So that's, it's pretty spendy, but no, I honestly don't buy a whole lot when I'm over there. Um, a lot of guys will, uh, drop a lot of money there. Money that, you know, <laughs> is, is something that, you know, it's on credit. So <laughs> it's pretty spendy <laughs> there oh. for sure. I mean, it everything is. about that place is expensive. There's no doubt about it. But if you can find a uh, like a time in December, January, February to go, the cost is gonna it's gonna be maybe I don't know maybe fifty percent of what you'd pay in the summer. And you have the possibility of getting just the same weather. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Good. I mean, you can get sixty and windy and in the summer, just like you can in January. So great. Well, this week. We dropped our interview with Kim Welch. And you know, one thing before I forget, we're going to release a lot more Ben and Dunes information because that's such a great experience for all our listeners. So keep an eye on our website. We'll drop some more. But we had an interview with Kim Welch this week. What a cool golfer she was, man. Uh, Brian, I'm going to tell you, I'm scared to play with her, though. She would destroy me right now unless we're on the same team in some celebrity tournament. Yes. Yes, she would. She would absolutely <laughs> destroy you, Jared. She would destroy me. She would destroy uh, Trevor. Um, all of yeah. us at the same time. She would destroy one on three, all of us. No problem. But, but at the same time, playing with her, like she, you heard in the episode, I mean, she just has such a cool personality and, and a great attitude towards everything that um, it's it, it's fun. It's fun to play with her, even though you're getting killed and you're getting outdriven. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun round. So I, I would recommend it to anybody and, and Brett as well. But like Brett is, uh, one of the best personalities. <laughs> oh yeah. I Phenomenal. I, I know. Yeah. The two I mean, of them were just... great together, man. That's, it's always a laugh with them. It seems like. Yeah. 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 I want to see him so. caddy for her again. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. I want to see him drop. <laughs> I want to see him drop her towel again though, when he's caddying for her and see what the reaction is like. <laughs> well, Next week, we have Ben Pelicani coming on from Pelly Golf. And if you check him out on Instagram, get a little 
get a look ahead. He runs some amazing stuff out of Nashville, Tennessee, and he's going to break down Trevor Swing. Last oh time was Brian yes. this time breaking down Trevor Swing. So, Trevor, we're getting into your video. Check finally, finally, bring the pain train. Trevor's going to cry. Let's do this. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to practice for 36 hours straight before I submit the video. The next swing coach we get on, if you have suggestions, shoot them my way. Send me an email because I'm up next, and it will break down my swing and just tear me down mentally coming up. Before we stop listening, I want to tell you, go subscribe. Why? Because you're going to get a 30% off coupon from us for our merchandise. And we're designing a Bandon Dunes golf shirt based on Trevor's whole rankings. So we'll do some more golf shirts coming out. Trevor's super fan here. And we'll get the t-shirt that he picked for his favorite hole. And I will send out that shirt to our email list. So if you're, you're thinking that, you know, you want to get one of those shirts, we'll get you some cool dad stuff soon. Some cool dad swag coming on that way. Go to birdiedads.com, sign up now, get on the course, and don't forget to take your kids, please. So, Trevor, Brian, it's been good. See you guys next week. All right. Till next round. <laughs>